Welcome to the Barfly Podcast Season 2. My name is Jeff Burkhart, Barfly columnist for the Marin IJ and author of the book 20 Years Behind Bars and its newly released sequel, 20 Years Behind Bars, Volume 2, Parole Denied. Today, my co-host is Kevin Blum, Community Director for the online review site, Yelp. Welcome, Kevin. So don't worry about tomorrow, take it for today, forget about the chat, we'll get hell to pay, have a drink on me. We're here today with uh, Sean Saylor uh, from Saylor's Bar and Restaurant in, in Sausalito. The guidelines are in place. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when restaurants are going to open. Now we have a firmer grasp of what that's going to look like. So thanks for being here, Sean. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's going to be interesting times coming up here uh, real soon. We have the state's guidelines, I think, but we don't have Marin County's guidelines yet that I know of. And so that's always the the wild cards. You you guys have been managing to get through this with a pretty uh, a good dose of a uh, uh, takeout business. Yeah, fortunately, we 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 had a pretty good business uh, already going before the shelter in place and. We had already been signed up with three different uh, delivery companies as well. You know, we're hustling to get that out there. Um, it was already, you know, kind of ongoing, uh, if you will. And it's been actually great. Really pleased with, with how it's been going better than expected. So. How did it go for Senko de Mayo? <laughs> um, Cinco de Mayo almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> so the way we're running the, the restaurant right now is I have a bartender, myself, I have an assistant, if you will, who's bagging up the orders and bringing them out front. And then I've had, well, that particular day, I did have full kitchen staff uh, working. Between 4 o'clock and 7.30, we did 85 pickup orders and 22 delivery orders. That is actually having had the phones off the hook for about two hours out of that time because we just couldn't keep up. Wow. That's so, great. That's was, what, you know, I mean, you guys are an icon too. I mean, you know, if people think of a uh, Mexican food, certainly in Sausalito, your, your, your name is at the top of the list. Well, thank right? you. We just celebrated our 21st year in Sausalito, total years, um, 14 at this location. So we have a lot of, you know, great community support and, and locals uh, that follow us. So, uh, yeah, I'm not at all complaining about the business that we did, but <laughs> it was a rough one. <laughs> it was a long day, huh? Well, and I, we had to close at 730 because normally we're open till 8, but we just – we we couldn't we couldn't do anymore. So well, thank God for tequila, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> I will make the point that the Cinco de Mayo is not even Mexican Independence Day, but <laughs> well, and, and, and the Mexicans don't even celebrate it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. so we'll just let that go by. We're going to let a lot of stuff go by. I think these days. Well, but that brings up the the questions of of the question is always in the restaurant business. You can open the doors and you can have all the plans in place that you want, but if people don't come, they don't come. And that's all there is to it. Right. And so that's the big question mark here is we can open, but if there's a lot of uh, uh, trepidation out there amongst our clientele, that's going to that's gonna be a hurdle that's going to be very difficult to get over. What's, what's your kind of gut feeling on, I mean, have you been gay? Have your customers been saying, hey, we can't wait for you to open? Yeah, there's been a few um, for sure. You know, I think there's going to be three kinds of people in this scenario. One are the people that want to get back out and into the restaurants and out into life. Um, there's going to be the ones who are just uh, still paranoid and don't, you know, they want to stay away. And then there's the people that, you know, are kind of in between and will try to uh, do something, see how it goes. And then depending on that experience, you know, is it going to be uh, worth doing again or going to that 
you know, restaurant or business or, but, you know, it's going to be the same for us as, as restaurateurs and managers, you know, is, is opening it up and then getting five tables versus the 16 tables that we have in the restaurant and getting six or seven people in the bar with the 30, you know, bar stools that we have, is that going to be worth opening back up right? full or three quarter capacity or whatever they're going to call it? 50% capacity. I don't know. Right. Some people, you know, like, a, a, you know, they've accepted those small business bailout loans and those, those have uh, stipulations too. So there's, in some cases, it's not a matter of, of whether you, you want to, you're going to have to, and you're going to have to staff at a certain percentage. And is that sustainable? That's, those are those kinds of wild cards, you know, and I mean, that we really won't know until we get some, you know, until we actually have to open. Or get to open. Right. Yeah. Uh, we actually did receive the, the PPP loan, fortunately. So we are able to, you know, pay our people their hours, their regular hours. So, but it's only for two months, you know, or that timeline, I guess, or guidelines. Right. Eight uh, weeks, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. So we're going through, started May, going through the end of June. And then after that, you know, we'll have to see if, uh, you know, again, is, is our business going to be there and is it going to be worth keeping, you know, the employees on at, you know, some level, hopefully. But at, at the, the level that we were uh, before, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Well, the other side of that is that that's purely a salary situation, right? I mean, a lot of people in the restaurant business, myself included, uh, the majority of their salary is not paid by their salary. It's it's by by virtue of tips. Yes. And so if those people aren't there, it doesn't, I mean, minimal wage isn't going to be a sustainable thing. Correct. So yeah. that becomes the the issue. Uh, again, that's that's all that stuff that, I mean, it's one thing to open. It's another thing to see what happens when you actually open. You know, and that's, you know, just for the front of house as, as far as uh, gratuities go. You know, our back of house, they don't earn gratuities. Um, right. Uh, for the most part. I mean, though, some, some people send some money back to the kitchen just, you know, because they enjoyed their meal or that sort of thing. But um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of scary because uh, we talked a little bit before about, you know, how many restaurants are actually going to survive. Uh, I mean, I know your place of business does uh, way more volume than we do per week and, you know, per year, but um, uh, it's, and you probably got three times the staff, I'm guessing, but. At least, yeah. Um, it's, it's shocking how many people work in the kitchen. At what capacity can you sustain if you're only doing 50% of your business or 40% right. of the business that you were doing before, only because of these guidelines that are, you know, going to be put in place here. Again, it's, it, it it's going to thin out the herd. I think, uh, is, uh, what, uh, I think, uh, Rick Enos from, uh, Tri the Trident said, and that's true, unfortunately. And, you know, in some cases it, it might not be, I mean, there's a lot of businesses I know that were on the cusp, you know, there's a little place by my house that I've always wondered how they've stayed in business. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that they're going to, this is going to put them under. Yeah. The other fortunate thing for us is that we own our building. So, um, we're actually in negotiations right now with our lender to, you know, get some relief on that side too. But uh, most restaurants do not own their building. So that's the ultimate saving grace right there, right? For the most part, yeah. I mean, we don't have to <laughs> haggle with the landlord to, landlords, yeah. you know, to uh, 
pay rent or not pay rent. That brings up the thing about whether, you know, some of these business models are sustainable. I mean, I look at some of these places that have opened in the last year or two that are enormous spaces, are leasing spaces at an astronomical rate and are expecting or were expecting to survive based uh, solely on huge volume. Those, that business model, I don't think that's going to be sustainable. It's, I mean, it was questionable whether it was sustainable in the first place, but now it really seems unsustainable. Well, and it's not even just restaurants. I mean, look at all the, the retail. I mean, all in the small mom and pop shops downtown in Sausalito, just for example. Um, you know, they'll be able to do curbside, but, you know, I don't know anybody that goes in to look window shop and not walk in and, and try and find something or, you know, even, even souvenirs for, for the tourists. Yeah. Um, right. They're not going to say, what do you got, you know, for and, and bring me one of those outside to the curb. You know, I, I, I don't know how that's going to work. Clothe the ears are the ones that I, I keep thinking of. But what are you going to, I mean, really? I mean, how does curbside pickup for a clothing shop even work? Why wouldn't you just order it online? Sean, I'm curious because like you have been, even before all of this went down, you were really good with like deliveries and takeout business and all that. And I know that uh, certain laws got... Um, amended where now you can do cocktails to go. How is that? How has it been working with those delivery services? And also, how has it been being able to serve cocktails to go? So that was kind of a saving grace, honestly. Um, I think the first week that New York shut down, somehow they got the governor to, to talk to the ABC. And I think that's what Gavin did uh, here as well. It's been awesome. People have really enjoyed it. So we use three delivery companies, uh, Dynamarin, which is local here, it used to be uh, Mill Valley, and now they're up in Petaluma, Do- uh, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. So far right now, Dynamarin is the only one who will deliver the alcohol. Uber Eats and DoorDash does not want any responsibility, which I can understand why uh, as far as you know, taking food to the door and dropping it off. And if there's someone underage there, you know, that's uh, that's a liability. I don't actually know what Dynamarin's procedures are for checking IDs or if they even are. But uh, since they're the local company here, I've kind of tried and use them more uh, so than, than DoorDash or Uber Eats, um, only because I've been with them for probably 20 years doing business with them. So, But as far as pickup, uh, yeah, I'm checking IDs when they come in to pick up margaritas or drinks, you know, alcoholic beverages uh, to go. And it has uh, definitely boosted the uh, income. You know, people that normally come in and enjoy our margaritas in-house are happy to get them <laughs> to go now. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of one-stop shopping, right? You're already getting a dinner. Why not get the drink, too? It's a different Absolutely. thing if, if, if it wasn't – because if it's not available, then you have to go make a second stop, and, and then it becomes kind of a weird thing. I, I had a question about the IDing thing because I had that happen. I bought some uh, uh, alcohol at a store recently, and I'm wearing my mask, mm-hmm. and they just – basically looked at my ID and, and, and didn't make me take my mask off, which I thought was, you know, in, in the old days, that would have never flown. But <laughs> now we're, it's a whole a brave new world. Well, yeah. And, and uh, you know, to add to that, I was in the bank the other day and uh, <laughs> Bank of Marin and uh, jokingly said, you know, when would you ever think it would be okay to come into a bank with a mask on? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, the manager laughed and, and, you know, we have a personal relationship, obviously, but uh, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um, can you really recognize someone with a mask on? No, I don't know. If you're looking hard enough, maybe, but yeah, but the, the, uh, the alcohol, you know, I hope, because you know, that's what we're losing out on when people don't come in and dine is the drink, the drinks and the extra appetizers and, and that sort of thing to boost our sales. 
So if they're not getting that second drink, um, which they normally would when they come in, you know, we're losing out on that sale. But uh, definitely having the, the, the takeout uh, liquor is, is definitely helpful. The liquor is always, I mean, one of the big money. I mean, if you have a full liquor license, a lot of your, your cost structure is based on the profit based on that. You know, in a lot of cases on food, the, you know, the profit margins are much smaller and uh, sometimes unsustainable. Correct. And it's the liquor that makes the, the whole operation work. You know, the, the interesting thing about that is that was just a temporary thing. And it'll be interesting to see where we go with that. Right. Uh, I think uh, that I did read or saw somewhere under the guidelines for restaurants reopening that they will continue to do that for a period of time. I, right. I don't know what that period of time will be, you know, maybe when. Uh, we are able to open up back up 100. Maybe that stops. I'm not sure. The the bottom line on all of this is, I'm I know probably same as you, Sean, and same as you, Kevin. We're all hoping and praying this goes well. Yes, absolutely. Because if it doesn't, then it's right back to square one, and and that's a big problem. I know I'm optimistic. I'm looking forward to going back to work, but I am uh, you know also nervous too. So. Yeah, well, I, and and rightfully so, you know. I mean, like I told you before, I have a couple of uh, at-risk health issues that you know could put me uh, in trouble. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, you know, exposing yourself to more, more and more people that you know you're going to put yourself at more and more risk. So that's that's worrisome to a certain extent. But as, as I told you the other day, uh, I cannot live in fear. Be the person that I am. Be scared of of that sort of thing. And in your situation, not only do you have your family, but you have your restaurant family too, uh, relying on you. So that's, uh, you know, that puts a, l- a little, a whole different wrinkle on the fact, absolutely. right? I mean, absolutely. you know, there's a lot of people who rely on you, not just your immediate family or or your extended family, but your all the people at your work. Or I mean, it's just it's it's an interesting time. So absolutely. One thing I'm hoping uh, privately is that uh, this is the end of that the customer is always right thing because. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine that being the case now, right? I mean, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be rules and regulations. If people don't follow them, you know, it's, it, it, it's really not going to fly. Uh, see, that's the other thing is, is having to police people and remind them, you know, as they come in and maybe even having to take their temperatures as they come in. It's going to be, sorry, it's hard now, but I think it's going to be harder for us to work around that and how do you do that? I mean, do you have like a bouncer at the door who's like checking people's temperature? Or? That's, that's, I don't, yeah, I don't, like I said, I, don't, I haven't seen the, the Marin County guidelines and taking people's temperatures as they come in is going to be a tricky thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and to have someone just stand there and do that is, you know, you got to pay them to do that. So that's an added cost now uh, on a, on a slim margin business <laughs> already, <laughs> you know, the other thing is how do you, you know, I mean, what's their level of expertise to do something like that? You're actually applying a, a medical procedure to somebody, you know, you start going down that kind of rabbit hole with that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Yes. And yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. It's, uh, whether or not those thermometers work, that you know, the laser ones or whatever they, you know, however they take your temperature externally there. Oh, thank God! You said externally. Good. Uh, good. I had some. Uh, I had some other images running through my uh, mind. Yeah. <laughs> we can't say that on the air, but um, you kind of think you think about those uh, the radars and the lidars that the the police use, you know, and and how often they have to be calibrated and and whatnot to to not be you know the cases not be thrown out of uh, court. So you know, how are these thermometers going to hold up and and test right? I don't know, Jeff. It's it's. Uh, 
it's something that I've been thinking about and, and I'll go back to, you know, is it going to be worth opening up to this, not only exposure, but these guidelines and yeah, I want to keep my, my, my people employed, but by the same token, you're, you're, you're taking on more risk and more responsibility and more headaches into a, to a certain extent. What about the liabilities? Liabilities of... Like with regards to, I, I know this has come up a lot, you know, like with businesses who are reopening, they they want to make sure that if they do reopen and people frequent their business that, uh, and if somebody contracts the virus at their business, that they're not responsible. Yeah, that's another uh, great question. Um, you know, is, is does our insurance cover something like that? You know, uh, I, I have no idea. That's, that's a question that I'm going to have to ask my insurance uh, broker. Well, and also, I mean, what about your employees? What if they get it, right? I mean, you know, I mean, you, you run into all of these kinds of things that that really, you know, maybe in two weeks we'll have a better picture of this, or th- or four weeks, but right now it's still it's still the wild wild west. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a, a friend in town uh, that has a grocery uh, business and had asked um, for any of my employees that were not working if, you know, that they could use them because they were, you know, so busy and uh, they went and applied. And then the the two or three that went, they all decided, you know what, I don't want to put myself at risk because of all these people that are out and about shopping. And at that time, weren't even wearing masks uh, at at that point. Um, You know, they didn't want to put themselves in risk uh, to, to contract the the virus. So they, they said, no, they didn't, they didn't do it. They'd rather be out of work and unemployed. Well, that's the other wild card, right? We talk about whether the customers will come back. The other thing is whether people will want to work in those types of places, right? You know, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, again, these are the things that, that just opening the doors is one thing, but, but all those other factors have to come together just right. And in the restaurant business, much like a, like a cocktail or a, a, a plate of food, everything has to work. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's adaptability. The people who can adapt more easily will probably make it through. The people who can't, they just won't. Don't worry about tomorrow. Think of what today. Please join us next time when we welcome Shaba Rainey of the Boca Group to talk about what reopening post-COVID-19 looks like for them. My name is Jeff Burkhart. Thanks for listening. Have a drink.